Welcome to The Bear on KCRW Berlin. I'm Sylvia Cunningham. If you've joined us before, you know that each month, The Bear hosts an event where people are invited to share stories centered around a certain theme. And each month, we bring you some of our favorite stories from the evening. The theme of today's show is water, stories of buoyancy. A note before we get started that some storytellers use language some people may find offensive. These true personal stories were recorded live on September 18th at the Shakespeare Company's open-air stage in Berlin. Musician Florian Ruland performed music live. First up is storyteller Alexander Vraga. Yeah, I'm Alex and I want to share a story about a dysfunctional toilet and exploding water. But in the end, it's really about love. So about 10 years ago, I moved into my first own flat. Um, it was in the north of Neukölln. 39 square meters, one room, one kitchen, and a toilet. Um, and I, don't, I hope you don't start to cry because when I tell you the rent, it was 10 years ago, it was 200 euros, not for a quarter of a room like today, but for the whole thing, a whole, a whole flat. And um, yeah, so before of that, I had lived with my family, of course. Afterwards, I had uh, lived with my brother. Then I had lived with my girlfriend. And now, for the first time in my life, I, I lived on my own. So you might think, wait a moment, what about the girlfriend? Um, some, <laughs> some months before, my girlfriend and I uh, had split up. And it was a very painful process. And because it was my first relationship, we were together from school times. She was 16 and I was 18 when we came together. So, uh, yeah, the whole thing was what, not that nice. I, I just give you one, uh, I just have one memory of this time. So my girlfriend and I, we were lying on the bed and uh, she, she had the, her hand on my, on my heart. And she asked me, so there's no love in there for me anymore? <laughs> and in this moment, I was so exhausted and, and empty after 10 years of relationship, and I said no. So now my new life started. I was fresh in, in the north of Neukölln. So it's a neighborhood full of bars, you know, and you can say it's a neighborhood full of opportunities. And so I, I had this kind of face that I felt now I'm a self-made man, because at the same time I had my first job which was paid that I can live on. So I was free now. I had money, I had a flat, I was on my own. So first time in my life. So I did some silly things like I, I bought a screwdriver and I bought a hammer and I bought a, a tool, tool belt. <laughs> it's a Werkzeuggürtel in German. So you can have your hammer and your, your, your screwdriver on your, on your belt. And then I made a photo through the mirror with a tool belt <laughs> and a, a hand drill like this. I hold it, I held it like a gun. And I, I posted it on Facebook. Um, but to be honest, I, I never successfully used this tools um, <laughs> because I'm not, a, I'm not a home improver at all. Um, but I bought them. So 
some weeks later, I came home to this to my new flat, and I went directly to the toilet. And I did what you do on toilets. You you might know. You can imagine, or you might not imagine. So, and when I was finished with what you do on toilets, I I pushed the the flush, the flush button, and uh, nothing happened. So. Uh, I had this problem before. I thought it was this little plastic thing in this um, water tank, which is loose, and then it doesn't connect and doesn't doesn't flush. So I opened the the toilet tank, and I had another problem because there was there was no water in this tank. It was just a block of ice. So you might wonder how this can happen. So the reason for this was the same reason why I had still my winter jacket on when I was sitting on the toilet. The, the reason was that the, the heater was out of order for two weeks now. And so it was, had come to the point that the thing is frozen, the toilet is frozen. So I, 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 you may know what to do in this kind of situation. I didn't in the moment. But I thought about maybe I can use my new hammer or I can use to, 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 to just crush the ice. Um, or maybe the hand thing, the, the, the drilling machine. But then I had a better idea. So, so I, I went to the kitchen, I boiled some water, I put it into the toilet tank, I did it once, second time, and it worked. The ice block melted away, I could flush the toilet, and whatever was, was in there just disappeared. And in this moment I was kind of proud, I, I felt like MacGyver. <laughs> Do you still know MacGyver? Dun, 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 No? Okay. <laughs> not, real, not real fans. Um, okay, I felt like a bit like MacGyver, but um, of course I was not a genius, because if I had been a genius, I, I would have told the landlord that the heater is broken for weeks now, <laughs> like adult responsible people do. But I had better things to do uh, this time. I was just sitting in front of my computer with frozen hands, smoking, drinking, and enjoying my freedom. So, <laughs> some, some weeks later, I had a female visitor in my flat. I, of course, I had to clean up for, for hours, really for hours. <laughs> just <laughs> hard, hard job. But then I had a female visitor in my new flat. And at some point, she went to the toilet. And I thought, okay, oh, oh maybe it's... Maybe it's cold in there, because it was still a little bit cold. But, but meanwhile, I had figured out how to manage the heating system. There was some, some, some wheel, some metal wheel in the kitchen you have to screw. I tried to look it up before this evening, but I couldn't find it because I don't know the German word. So I cannot look it up. Right? So okay, I have to hurry now. So what I did, I did some this and this and this, and suddenly I heard, Wow! But it was more like a lady, like, ah! <laughs> and <laughs> so I ran to the bath and I knocked on the door. And my female visitor was opening it and she was full of dirty, cold water. And it, what, what had happened that when I was doing this in the kitchen, some, I don't know, it was the water was exploding out of a, out of a wall, of a little, little pipe. And she was full and she still had her, her pants like, like this. And she, was, and she was looking at me, what, what had happened. And she was maybe a bit angry and she needed a towel and pants. But she, but she wasn't that angry because we could, could laugh about it. 
after 10 minutes, I think, and I told her the MacGyver story, and then we laughed more. Because we could laugh about it because we knew each other for so long. Because it was my ex-girlfriend. Or better, it was my ex-ex-girlfriend. Because we were together again, like we are today. <laughs> and <laughs> so, last sentence. So for me, this two water events, maybe they describe the relationship we have. Because first, our feelings for each other got colder and colder until they were frozen like the toilet water, and then like the heating water, they exploded again. <laughs> and the laugh, like the water, is always finding its way to the surface. Okay. That was storyteller Alexander Braga. You're listening to The Bear on KCRW Berlin, and today we're hearing stories about buoyancy. Next up on today's program is Sylvia Scherning-Taylor. Her story is called, When My Water Broke. My waters broke at midnight, and the bed got flooded. This baby was 10 days late. She loved the water. She was tiny, had this balloon around her. I was so big, I could place a teacup when I was sitting on my belly. I was so excited to meet her. I didn't know what it was, could have been a boy, but I knew I felt it was a girl. And then came the difficult part. I was pacing up and down a hospital hallway, one contraction after the next, and you think the next one can't be worse than this one. And in between, I was cursing mankind. Why did evolution not start when, or stop when our heads were a bit smaller? Because that's the difficult bit. And then, seven hours later, the contraction stopped completely. Doctor comes in. I think he will help me. Tell me what to do next. I mean, contractions were progressing and suddenly nothing in a big hospital. My baby exposed to hospital germs one knows about. You know what the doctor said? You got a lazy cervix. Can you believe that? A man who should help me telling me I have a lazy cervix. I could have killed him because I actually think if men like seahorses gave birth, they, he probably would have punched the hospital walls with red knuckles from pain, from, from anger, he couldn't do anything about this. For 12 hours, I was lying there in a cubicle with a curtain around me, big Surrey hospital, only two lots of dog food, lunchtime, evening, and then eight o'clock, 
the contractions came back, but this time with a vengeance. And this time, I had enough. I was screaming my head off, and I wanted an epidural. And I got through because I was so loud that they pushed me into a separate room because before I had been in a room with seven other mums, all with curtains around them, very strange thing. And the anesthetist came three hours of agony later. She was a young Malaysian woman. She apologized. She had been 18 hours flat doing a job in three hospitals. Then I had to bend my back and she tried three times. I don't know if you can imagine an epidural <laughs> needle, how fat that is, to get it into my spine. My husband came in, stayed for three minutes, and threw up and had to leave. Yeah, men. Okay. I tried five more hours, but my lazy cervix didn't dilate to more than seven centimeters. Shit, 36 hours, seven centimeters, not good. Um, then the baby got distressed, and in the end she came in by <clears throat> into this world by a cesarean. Caesarean babies look so beautiful because they're not squashed. Yeah, I never thought of that. I said, why is she not, not looking squashed? But of course she, she couldn't squash. I tried, but lazy cervix. And uh, she was rushed into a special care unit because of course she had contracted a big inflammation and had to go on antibiotics. So did I. But after eight days, we could go home. And we had such a lovely time together. We were squatting at the time because we were in, evicted uh, when I was three months pregnant. And there was a huge meadow outside our squatting place. And the child was just so serene. She never cried. She was just in this blissful state as I was after this ordeal. You, you forget it immediately afterwards, of course. But then, after five days, I got a high fever. I grabbed, and the milk stopped. I grabbed the baby, I went back to this terrible hospital. We were rooming in for one night. Next morning, I get up because the doctor should come at nine o'clock. I go to have a wash at the wash basin in the room. Suddenly, <laughs> my whole belly was exploding and I was two liters of pus and, and, and blood just spreading all over the place. Looked very gory. I lay down, doctor came, you know what he said, the problem solved itself. 
and sent me home. This is England, 1989. Still is like that. On the way back, my guardian angel whispered, it will be all all right. And it was. That was storyteller Sylvia Scherning-Taylor. We're taking a short break. When we come back, two more stories on the theme, water. Stay with us. Studio Berlin is our current affairs show here on 104.1 FM. Each week, we break down the news and take a closer look at the topics that affect our lives here in Germany's capital. Tune in every Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. and Saturday at 10 a.m. here on KCRW Berlin. I'm Marco Werman. Each day, we give you the world. They don't want people driving into the center of London. The world is curious. It's a total chaos in Venezuela right now. The world is surprising. The Australian government is completely clueless. The world is unexpected. The Japanese really have made history today. The world is right here. Join us. Tune in to The World, Tuesday through Saturday at 9 a.m. on KCRW Berlin. Welcome back to The Bear on KCRW Berlin. I'm Sylvia Cunningham. On the last Saturday of every month, we bring you stories recorded live at Bear Storytelling events here in Berlin. These stories were recorded in September when the theme of the evening was water, stories of buoyancy. Our next story comes from one of the Bear's regulars, Mike Trupiano. His story is called The Sting. I'm going to coffee and cake with my wife in southern Germany at my in-laws, at her relatives. And we're in the garden, the backyard. There's about 15 of us. Summer day, beautiful weather. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also dreading it because I know what's going to happen is what always happens. We sit down, someone shows up who we don't want there. So let me walk you through it. We go in the backyard, the garden, we sit down, coffee and cake everywhere, Schwarzwald Kirsch, beautiful. Coffee, unlike anything I ever had in America. And this is basic coffee, nothing unusual. And then they come, slowly, one, two, a throng. They're everywhere, the wasps, the Vespin. For some reason, I don't know, I don't have the European touch. I can't just do this. <laughs> and they go away. I don't know if it's a racism thing, they know I'm American but they're on me and they're always on me. And everyone else just says, just ignore them. Just ignore them. All they want is the food. Then why are they around my head? 
So everyone's enjoying themselves. Uncle Wolfgang is telling jokes, and I'm sitting by the kids, the six to the eight-year-olds. And they, they want to learn a little, little English, We're talking. I'm trying to be casual, brushing off, brushing off the, the wasps. And it's not working, of course. They only get more aggressive. Apparently, I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> All I want to do is enjoy my cake and my coffee. And I'm thinking, I've had it, you know? But there's this pressure. I have to hold it in. I can't show who I really am, you know? I've got to fit in here with the new family. I got to somehow pass as European. I can't show my American rage that's right under the surface. If I were at home, I'd have a can of pesticide next to me, <laughs> and I'd find the nest, and I'd take care of the situation. <laughs> Apparently not allowed. <laughs> and I know, because I've researched it. <laughs> it's illegal to kill a lot of wasps. Apparently, I've looked online. Apparently, because, you know, I'm not a citizen yet. I have to know what's legal and what's not legal. <laughs> but if, I don't know, it's still, it's still a little unclear. I've been in some chat rooms. There's, if, if you kill, people say if you kill one, you know, it's borderline, but I can't risk it. <laughs> Plus, I don't want to show my relatives how I really am, you know. I've passed so far. But inside, I'm raging. The rage is washing over me. And I'm looking at my cake, and I just, I'm trying to eat it. I have, I have a piece, a little piece. There's this one wasp in particular who I think I've known from last summer. <laughs> this is my second summer in Germany. And he's eyeing me. And he's circling and circling, and he, he keeps coming right to me. And I'm feeling so American, you know? And I feel like, I'm feeling that frontier spirit, like, I want this. This is mine. I'm taking this. And I'm going to friggin' kill anything that gets in my way. So he lands on the edge of my plate. He's in the whipped cream. I have my fork in my right hand. And in my left hand, I have my coffee. And I'm, I'm looking around. No one's really watching me. I'm sipping my coffee. And this little bastard is eating my whipped cream. And I want to, you know what I want to do. But who, I got to pass, right? One of the kids, little Leon, he gives me the go-ahead. He gives me the nod. And I start lowering my fork over the wasp. He doesn't seem to notice. He's so high on his supply, on my supply, on the whipped cream. And I'm slowly lowering it. And I laugh at Uncle Wolfgang's jokes. He's still telling jokes. And I look around with one eye, with right eye, still on my nemesis. And slowly, 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 drinking my coffee, slowly. And then it was done. 
just like that. It's true what they say. When someone dies, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. Life goes on. Jokes are told. Little Leon gives me the thumbs up. Maybe I'm accepted now, at least into the lower echelon of the family. Thank you. That was storyteller Mike Truppiano. You're listening to The Bear on KCRW Berlin, and today we're hearing tales about water. Our final story comes from Annie Voigt. My story is called When the Tap Runs Dry. Have you ever had an idea that is so stupid, so absurd, so friggin' bonkers that it ends up with you shaking like a leaf from fear, cold, and a tiny pinch of rage at yourself uh, for standing at a water tap on a graveyard after nightfall. Uh, Well, I did, and I can't recommend it. Because that's the situation that I was in, and the reason I was in it was because I had the idea, stupid, absurd, completely bonkers idea, to run from the lowest point of Germany to the highest point of Germany. So let's start, let's go back to where this actually started. Um, so I stumble through the outskirts of Hamburg, through the woods. I'd started the day 50 kilometers earlier and with three liters of water. And I'd actually drank all of that water. I refilled it and I did that twice. But the day was very, very hot. And there are a lot of levees close to Hamburg that don't have shadow. So you drink a lot. And all of that water was now gone. And there I was, thirsty, exhausted, and it was getting dark. And I really needed some water. So I checked my phone, I checked my map, I go and look for the closest graveyard. That's not as weird as it sounds because graveyards have water taps. So they're a hiker's and a runner's best friend because they give you access to water. So I found one and I told myself I would make it there because if I didn't get water, I couldn't cook dinner, I wouldn't be able to drink anything and I was exhausted and wanted to quit and maybe water would save this entire run and I wouldn't have to quit. Finally, after much, much longer than I had actually hoped it would take, I reached the graveyard and I opened the creaking graveyard gate. I wander on, wander past the tombstones. The candles glow softly and um, my pitiful weeping actually fits the scene quite well. I don't want to be here. I want to be home. I want to be somewhere with a tap, a kitchen, a bed. I want to hug. I really don't want to be here. I'm scared. But then, you know, maybe there's a water tap somewhere. And I see one. And I rush towards it. And I think, okay, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can run this entire ultra marathon, and uh, everything will be fine. And I turn the water tap. And the rusty metal grinds a little. And I turn, and I turn, and I turn, and dirt dribbles out. The tap has run dry. So what do I do now? I feel like my own tap has run dry. I'm out of energy. I'm out of courage. And I'm out of hope. I just want to go home. 
but it's after nightfall and I don't even know where I am. So I go back onto the street and I see some houses and I think, okay, um, there's a light. There's a light, okay. And I see a man sitting at his computer through the flapping window curtain. And I stumble up to the house and I say, hi, it's 10 p.m., <laughs> I know. Um, I don't know where I am. You have some water? He looks up at me and, yeah, yeah. He comes out and hands me a bottle with a small smile, which I take. And then I sit at the bottom of the steps. My hands are shaking as I pour the water into my little water bag. My plan is still to take this water, to go off into the woods in the dark, to just throw my sleeping bag into the woods, and I didn't have a tent, because uh, I wanted to run lightweight, and then just sleep there, I guess. But I don't want him to see that I'm scared. I don't want to freak him out. I don't want to cry in front of him. I mean, I'm asking a stranger for water at 10 p.m., and uh, frankly, I just don't want to cause a scene. So I'm pouring my water, shaking, much like now, and I suddenly see these small feet in my field of vision. And I look up, and there's a boy standing very close to my face, and I'm pretty sure he can see the tears, and I don't want him to. So I put on a brave smile, and I say, hey, what's your name? And he says, Mohammed, what's yours, and what are you doing? What am I doing? Uh, I'm, I'm running. Sounds so stupid. <laughs> and frankly, I don't know what to do anymore. And I'm scared, so I start crying. I start crying in front of this little boy, and before I even know what's happening, there are four other kids around me, just swarming around me, saying, hey, uh, come on in. Come on, just rest. A, a girl picks up my backpack and says, yeah, come on, it'll just come in and inside and rest. And the boy looks at me and says, it's going to be OK. When I started this run, I'd been really proud of being able to say, I'm going to do this entire thing self-supported. No outside help. I don't need any help. I don't need anyone. But the thing is, I did. I needed help. And we all have moments in life when instead of running, we sway. This family was the first of many strangers who helped me. This family, these kids took me into their kitchen. They gave me dinner. They gave me tea. They even gave me a bed to sleep in. The two girls sleeping on the ground so I could be in their bed. So I could rest and recover. And... Other people later also offered water, offered candy bars, encouragement, or just a helping, helpful wave towards the right direction I should run in. So my tap had run dry. But when our collective tap runs dry, when we don't know where to go, who to turn to, I want you to remember this. It's OK to ask for water. That was When the Tap Runs Dry from Annie Voigt, our final storyteller on today's show. These true personal stories were recorded live at The Bear on September 18th at the Shakespeare Company's open-air stage in Berlin. 
The Bear was created by Diane Nyman and inspired by The Moth. You heard live music in this evening's show from Florian Ruland. Our show's theme is I Need Love, remixed by DJ Spectre. If you'd like to tell a story or attend the next Bear Storytelling Evening, go to kcrwberlin.com slash thebear for more information. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to The Bear on KCRW Berlin on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sylvia Cunningham. Thanks for tuning in.